We're back. This is the Roger Stone Show here at 77 WABC Radio. Folks, now would be a great time for you to go to the App Store and grab that 77 WABC Radio app so you never miss any of the amazing programming that we have here at 77 WABC. This is the radio station I grew up with, uh, and it is one of the most powerful AM radio stations in the country, bringing you extraordinary programming and entertainment, whether it is uh, Larry Kudlow, uh, who uh, gives you the economic breakdown on Saturdays, or Dominic Carter, who tells you about the pulse of New York City, uh, my friend uh, Frank Morano, if for uh, those who are uh, night owls, America's mayor, uh, Rudy Giuliani, one of the greatest Americans uh, of the 20th century. There's so much great programming here at 77WABC. You don't want to miss any of it. So go to the App Store now and download it to your cell phone. You'll be glad you did. Joining us now is Dr. Jane Ruby. Jane Ruby is a medical economist, a healthcare researcher, and a pharmaceutical development expert. Uh, she is a graduate of the University of Rochester. Uh, Jane Ruby holds two doctoral degrees in education and psychology and two master's degrees in nursing and international health economics. Uh, she is widely published and she is the hostess of her own show. Uh, we are delighted to have a health freedom advocate Dr. Jane Ruby, join us today on The Roger Stone Show. Hi, Roger. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I uh, saw you, I guess it seems like uh, a month ago now. Things are moving so quickly, but you gave an excellent presentation uh, on um, your experience with the COVID-19 vaccinations, what, what did transpire, what's happening now. Uh, you also uh, issued kind of a warning uh, regarding those who may be considering taking the flu shot. Now, like you, uh, when you're for health freedom, that means, well, that the average individual should decide for themselves. If someone wants to take the COVID-19 vaccination uh, and then wants to take a booster, they have every right to do that. I choose not to do it. Those in my family choose not to do it. Uh, but uh, I guess our real fundamental problem is the fact that there are those in government uh, who think uh, it should be mandatory. So let's kind of start uh, from the beginning. From your point of view, um, what is your critique of the COVID-19 vaccinations that were rolled out uh, that may certainly affected the presidential election and uh, the entire course of the United States. Yeah, I, and I fully agree with you on um, everything you just laid out. I'm all for freedom of choice as well. The problem I have, Roger, is that in order to make a free choice, you need to be completely informed on the risks and benefits, and that was never the case here. And then you add to that the mandatory, the mandates, either through private employers or across the government and across our military. And, and then you add further insult by recognizing that these are experimental, which means they have not completed full, the full normal standard for, for efficacy and safety trials. 
So just laying it all, all out there. With the lack of informed consent, you know, a checklist that just says, hey, you might have a little fever after this, is not an informed consent. Those documents are generally 10 to 15 pages long. They list every risk, and so that you, you can make that final decision um, being completely informed. That was missing. It was, it was actually kept back from people. And, yeah, I'm very concerned that the materials in these shots, which, by the way, have never been ready for prime time in humans, are now being developed, uh, I say, I use the word loosely, developed, uh, without going through the usual FDA oversight and the required uh, phases of, of human research trial uh, procedures. They're being incorporated into what, what people recognize as a, the seasonal flu shot which becomes very dangerous because people think, well, I'm not going to take a COVID shot, but I'll take the seasonal flu shot because I, I do that every year or, you know, grandma does that every year. And overarching, Roger, the concern I have is that these were never about public health. These are bioweapons. These were gain of function on what probably was some existing coronavirus, which is the common cold virus, uh, that, that can mutate over, over years. But we're talking about something that was developed um, to really force your body to make the disease-causing part of a cold virus. And this is all done synthetically in a lab. And again, the top of the food chain that we've seen from the evidence is that this is all coming from a, a Department of Defense program uh, to, to cause uh, depopulation and injury uh, and, and future generations to suffer a permanent change in the human genome. So I know I threw a lot out there, but but that's really really what people need to understand. So uh, let me just ask you directly, based on your research, what is uh, in uh, these uh, vaccinations and uh, how does it basically change your body chemistry? Very, very good question. Um, the, the, the challenge in answering that is that the evidence shows and the, the FOIA documents and all the, all the documentation that's been reviewed so far shows uh, that we don't really know what is in the shot on any given day in any geographic location uh, and, and even within the same lot number. And that's because Pfizer was able to wrangle an agreement with the European Medicines Agency, which is the equivalent of the U.S. FDA, and I believe it was it was grandfathered by the FDA that there was a 50% non-disclosure uh, agreement. Well, that means that they, at any given time, they can change it up. They don't need permission. I mean, Roger, in my 20 years in the pharmaceutical industry, we couldn't change the color on a box of pills without going through a procedure, submitting a package, and getting approval by the FDA to make those visual changes. These people are able to apparently uh, change it up. Uh, we know that they've admitted that there is a synthetic, in other words, created in a lab, a genetic a code that is actually artificial. It's not using natural or organic uh, genetic material. That's problem number one. It's taken from macaque monkeys, aborted fetal cells, uh, and a host of other things we don't even know about. And, and that code is supposedly directing the human body to make the spike protein, which is the antigen, the, the part that makes you sick on a, on a coronavirus. Um, and so making that on the inside of the body, that's not where invaders are blocked by your immune system. Your immune system is looking outward. 
So you have this toxin being self-produced. This is why people are sick, why they're dropping dead, why, why, why some of them have neurological problems. They can't walk across the room. It's why some of our elite fighter pilots are being grounded. They have chest pain, pressure. I mean, it's, it's a mess. There's been a mess created. And Roger, here's why I think it's intentional. In this industry, if something came out publicly, something untoward about one of our products, the companies went crazy. PR came, got involved. No one was able to say anything. We were supposed to direct everybody to our, our, our communications office. Um, nobody has said a word about the growing death and destruction. You, you don't see a pharmaceutical company like Pfizer or Moderna coming out and saying, oh, hey, I'm really sorry. Uh, let us look into that. Oh, gee, uh, that should never have happened. And I worked for a company in the 2000, early 2000s where they got shut down for two years when six beagle dogs died in the preclinical phases, and we were not allowed to go on to human trials until we figured out what that cause was. Now you contrast that to today where people are, uh, everybody knows people that have died from these shots and that are disabled, and the companies aren't saying a word. They don't care about the PR. So to me, that tells me that they're part of something that is an intentional program. Uh, it, it is interesting, even today, that you still see news uh, uh, about the entire question, about the, particularly the rise in, in rare cancers, the, the strange uh, clotting that has been found uh, in those who've taken uh, the vaccination. But you really only see it in alternative media. You're never going to see this uh, uh, covered you know, uh, on Fox or CNN or any of the national networks. It is still shocking to me when I look at public uh, opinion research polls uh, showing that in many cases, as many as uh, 70, 68, 70% of the people say that they believe that the vaccinations were both safe and effective. Uh, now, that could obviously be based to a great degree on people's individual uh, experience. In other words, no one wants to say, oh my God, I took this vaccination and maybe I haven't. But uh, is there not in fact a, a, an actual spike in, uh, in rare cancers, uh, in heart problems and, and so on? Absolutely. And one of the first signs that I think the public uh, could really discern from that is when the three DOD whistleblowers, that was Dr. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Pete Chambers, and uh, Major Dr. Sam Sigaloff revealed, came out as whistleblowers and showed the DMED data, which was, it's a pristine database for injuries and healthcare inside the military. I say pristine because only doctors, physicians, uh, military physicians can add to it. And they saw increases by hundreds of percentiles uh, higher than the last you know, averages from the last five to ten years in inside the military and in those service members who were uh, who were who taken the shot, uh, of course under under duress. Um, you mentioned the clots. There, I'm I'm the person who broke the worldwide like in a worldwide exclusive. Nobody else would touch it. Uh, in January of 2022, there was an embalmer, board certified, 20 year experience who started trying to embalm people and couldn't get his instruments in and was pulling out these white fibrous clots. Uh, these, these clots are, have been shown they're not blood clots. They're not even human tissue. Uh, they're metallic. Uh, 
they're they're based in in very rare metals like uh, uh, cesium and radioactive materials. Really strange. Um, and, and we've done a lot of analysis, or, or some of the people that I'm working with have done analysis on that. The cancers are exploding, and this this makes perfect sense because uh, we know that those folks who mapped uh, some of the Pfizer and Moderna vial material when they found genetic material, they found that inside of this material they see the evidence of cancer promoters and uh, certain codes that will tell the body not to stop cancer growth. This is probably the foundation for why you're hearing about all these, these cancers. And I would say to you that one other thing, the reason people aren't hearing about this in mainstream media is because the pharmaceutical industry owns mainstream media. It's, I call it the military-industrial-pharmaceutical complex. Um, every, uh, every other commercial on Fox News is brought to you by Pfizer. So when you have that kind of power, uh, you, you can block the information from, from getting out through the mainstream. Uh, a question uh, that I asked you the other day, which still interests me, uh, is mm. do you think that different batches uh, of the COVID-19 vaccination made by various manufacturers uh, had different ingredients, that some of them may have been more benign while others may have been technically uh, more dangerous? Is that, am I a conspiracy theorist or is that, uh, is that possible? <laughs> It's not only possible, but it's actually proven. And I'll tell you how. There's a group called uh, Team Enigma. Uh, that's, uh, their medical director is the former uh, Pfizer uh, chief of uh, clinical ops, uh, Dr. Michael Yeadon, uh, some great analysts like uh, Craig Partacooper, uh, Sasha Latipova. What they found when they looked, they took batch, you know, lot numbers, Roger, and they they looked at the reports in VAERS of the, the specific, was it a death, was it an injury, was it a, a myocarditis, uh, and what they did was they plotted it all out. When they did the statistics, this is the interesting part, that the, the, the spikes in, in occurrences within the same lot number could not be explained by variances in the statistics. The only possible explanation was that there were different materials even within the same lot number. And here's the other scary part. The um, part of their group has a, uh, a, a, an underground ethical hacker group that got into the Pfizer and Moderna back systems, not their websites. They were able to establish proof that the companies set, each company sets how many doses will be in a lot number in that lot cohort. And Pfizer and Moderna set them at about 1.5 million doses. So when you think about it, within a lot number, many of these vials have not been deployed yet. They might not even be, have been manufactured yet, but they'll put the same lot number on them and they can freely, as I said before, because of the 50% non-disclosure, they'll be able to put in whatever they want. So you're not a conspiracy theory, theorist at all. Uh, that is 100% true and proven. And it's very frightening because there's more death and destruction to come. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. And we're here with health freedom advocate Dr. Jane Ruby. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. This is the Roger Stone Show. I'm your genial host. And we're still with Dr. Jane Ruby, uh, health freedom advocate uh, and uh, brilliant medical researcher, Jane, you recently essentially uh, 
issued a clarion call about the the next generation of flu vaccinations. You pointed to uh, an audio. Uh, f- tell me, tell us who this is from. Sure. Uh, I always say, don't take my word for it. Take take the word of the criminals. So the CEO of Pfizer, uh, most people know him uh, by now. Uh, He's a veterinarian by training. His name is Albert Borla. And he made a statement in an interview a year ago this January at at Davos. He was asked, well, will you have a flu vaccine using this mRNA technology? Um, And he said, yes, we'll have it by mid-2023. So it was already in play They've announced it on their website, Roger. I don't know if you uh, would like to play that Actually, audio. Actually, we're, we're going we're to play that clip right now.